Listener Production. US stocks grind higher as figures show that the US economy is grinding on. And Aussie shares are poised to rise on Thursday ahead of key business investment data. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Thursday, the 30th of November. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, we've got just under one hour of trade remaining in the US session and the three leading indices are posting modest improvements. But before we move ahead, it would be remiss if we didn't recognize the passing of one of the great figures in the investment landscape globally, a man who embodied intelligence, modesty, and the absence of hubris. Charlie Munger passed away at the age of 99 yesterday, and he made a fortune on his own before becoming vice chairman of Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. He's also a real estate attorney, philanthropist, and architect. Warren Buffett said, we think so much alike that it's spooky. If you are just starting out in the financial markets, in the stock markets, you could do a lot worse than reading some of the books that have been written by Charlie Munger or about Charlie Munger. Absolutely. So moving back to the US share market overnight, with 45 minutes left to trade, the Dow Jones is currently up by 0.4%. The S&P 500 index is up 0.3%. And the NASDAQ is up by 0.2%. We've still got one more day left of trade in the United States, but we have got significant gains for the month of November. The Dow Jones is currently up by 7.6%. The S&P 500 is up by almost 9%. And the NASDAQ is up by over 11%. So broadly, the strongest gain since July 2022. We had some important figures released last night in the form of uh, GDP. And these numbers came in better than expected. So uh, the performance of the US economy in the last quarter expanded from uh, 4.9% at an annualized rate to 5.2%. And that bettered expectations of the 5% that the market was looking for at a time when the market's already hoping that the Fed will moderate. Uh, You've still got the employment market hanging in there. We've just seen some terrific spending numbers as far as the Black Friday, Cyber Monday events are concerned. There's a virtuous coalition of factors at the moment that's um, painting a very positive picture of the US economy and indeed prospects for the share market. Well, certainly the second estimate of gross domestic product, which is really a measure of all goods and services produced during the three-month period for September. And in that third quarter, we saw better than expected business investment and stronger government spending. In fact, government spending was really leading the way up by 5.5% during that period. Consumer spending was still healthy, up by 3.6%, but that was down slightly on the initial estimate of 4%. There was mixed news on the inflation front. The Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, the gorge of the Federal Reserve, follows closely, increased 2.8% for the period. And that was a 0.1 percentage point downward revision. However, the chain weighted price index increased 3.6%. That was an upward move of 0.1 percentage points, Tom. And last night, what stood out to me is that you saw the Russell 2000 index. So this is the index that measures the performance of smaller organizations. It's a far greater uh, index in terms of its breadth. As you can gather from its name, the Russell 2000 has 2,000 uh, organizations that comprise the measure. It was up by as much as 2% at the start of trade. And as we speak right now, it's doing very nicely. It's up by about a percent. Elsewhere, bank stocks 
uh, are very strong this morning. The KBW Bank Index is up by about 2.5%. Uh, it's at its best levels of the session. And as you might imagine, uh, with figures that uh, basically described prices that were contained within this GDP report, uh, you have got interest rate markets uh, doing quite well in terms of bond yields falling, and that has helped technology stocks. So the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, having been up by as much as 2.5% in the early part of the session, is up by 1.5%. So there is a, an attractive foundation that has been established for these markets, even in the context of what has been, as you rightly point out, quite a significant rally over the course of November so far. And it continues to be driven by the fall in bond yields. So we saw the 10-year US Treasury yield down by seven basis points to 4.26%. The two years down by nine basis points to 4.64%. Bond investors largely ignored the stronger than expected reading on US economic growth. They choose to focus on the inflation numbers as well. But certainly inflation is trending lower generally. Consumers are still spending, albeit at a slower pace. We are seeing a little bit of a loosening in the labour market. So this enables the Fed to end its rate hiking campaign. That's why we're seeing those bond yields fall. And that's supportive of shares at the moment in terms of the relative attractiveness of those asset classes. Indeed. So, Ryan, what are these moves telling you? Well, as you mentioned, the breadth of the rally has now widened. And what that means is that investors are looking at cyclical stocks as well. So the Dow Jones is the strongest performer today. We've seen General Motors lift 10.2% as the automaker said it will buy back $10 billion US dollars worth of shares and boost its dividend by a whopping 33%. We've also got Philips 66 up 4.3% after activist investor Elliott Investment Management took a $1 billion stake in the energy company. And when it comes to energy, an important day. We're on the eve of the OPEC and Allied Producers meeting, which has uh, gotten an unusual level of coverage. Uh, a lot of discussion about the rancor between the various participants within the cartel. The Africans uh, want to pump more. The uh, Saudis are saying, no, you can't do that. This is more of the OPEC that we know, isn't it, Ryan? In fact, the meeting tonight has gone virtual instead of in person because of the argy-bargy that's that, happening at the moment. That's, that's a concept that would be um, going quite well on Netflix, I reckon, if you got the cameras in and you had a bit of a punch-up. Indeed. It certainly could have this latest saga on Netflix, no OPEC question. Smackdown. That's it. The producer group is expected to set policy for 2024, but has yet to resolve a dispute over quotas for some African members, according to delegates. We also saw fresh government data out of the US overnight. US crude stockpiles rose 1.6 million barrels last week, reaching the highest level since July. So we've got this dynamic where we are seeing an increase in supply, particularly in the US at the moment, and that is putting a lid on all prices, despite the fact we did see the concerns around OPEC lift the US oil NYMEX price up by 1.7% to 77.72 US dollars a barrel. Uh, elsewhere, we have been talking a lot about the US dollar over the course of recent days because of the continued moderation where uh, US interest rates have been concerned, but those better GDP figures were a factor helping the US dollar firm up overnight. So it's about uh, half a percent to the better when it comes to other currencies. But notwithstanding that, we've still seen a modest gain where gold prices are concerned. So they're up by a third of a percent, trading just north of that 2000 mark, 2048 US dollars per ounce. Uh, and the Aussie dollar, uh, those more benign 
inflation figures that we saw yesterday, Ryan, have been a factor uh, taking about uh, half a cent off the Aussie dollar in, in addition to the strength of the greenback. So having been as high as 66.8 US cents in the last day, we're back to around 66.3. Yes, it's worth pointing out that Australia's monthly consumer price index fell by 0.3% in the month of October with the year-end growth rate easing to 4.9%. It was down about 70 basis points, but the core measure actually rose by 0.2% in the month, yeah. which a lot of people are ignoring. And we did see the, the annualized number come down a smidgen uh, to 5.1%. But compositionally, the downside to price to headline inflation was driven mainly by a fall in volatile holiday travel prices down 7%. But we did see housing inflation up 0.4%. So while the headline outcome likely overstates the degree of disinflation in Australia, particularly given that the majority of the services items, as I mentioned yesterday, 56% were imputed to be zero in the month. Right. So I think the Reserve Bank will look through this number, but it'll be heartened by it. Yes, Ryan, another interesting day is shaping up in prospect. The futures are pointing to an improvement of a quarter of a percent for the ASX 200 when we kick off later on this morning. Thanks very much for tuning in, everyone. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.